Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We've had something of a heartbreaking um, dilemma, I have to be honest, uh, from one of our listeners. And I'm going to read you the email that she sent in to us and see what you think. Hi, I'm in a dilemma and I'd love to know what you and your listeners think. I've been estranged from my mother since I was five years old after she walked out on me and my two sisters, leaving our dad to raise us alone. I found out years later that she'd been having an affair and she left to go and live with her boyfriend across the country. We never heard from her again. My dad met a new woman a few years later. They've been together ever since. She's an amazing woman and she helped raise us and put us all through school and college. And for us, she is our mam. My dilemma is I've heard through a relative that my birth mother has been ill and is now recovering after a dramatic and lengthy illness. But it doesn't sound to me like she has a lot of time left. She's in her late 60s now and it got me thinking that I don't actually know how I feel about it if and when she dies. I haven't seen her in almost 40 years, so I haven't had the chance to say all of the things that I've wanted to say to her over the years or ask questions about why she did what she did. Maybe I'd feel nothing at all. Maybe I'd be angry, but I'm very confused and I'm very unsure about whether or not I should make contact with her. I'd love any advice that your listeners might have. So what do you think? This is a really heart-wrenching situation. On the one hand, this is her mother. Uh, Her mother who she hasn't been involved with um, for over 40 years, a mother who, as she says herself, abandoned her and left to be with another man on the other side of the country. Should she be letting bygones be bygones and making amends with this woman who's now sick, um, ageing and maybe doesn't have very long to live? Or do you think she should just let it be? This woman is not part of your daily life. She hasn't been. She wasn't there for you when it came to all of the the landmarks in your life. And so you shouldn't be concerning yourself and being very worried about her. Um, what do you think? 087-188-0008 is the WhatsApp and the phone number 1850-410-494. Valerie joins me now on the Nile Boylan Show. Valerie, this is a really hard one um, because there's yes, a lot uh, of emotion and a lot of very raw feelings involved. What do you think she should do? Yes, no, it is. It's very sad. Um, and it's a very difficult thing, I suppose, to come to terms with when you think through the years. You know, you don't expect anybody, a parent to do that, but most of all, a mother to do that. Mm. Um what I would say is, I don't think she owes her mother anything. She has to do what's right for her as an individual. Everybody has different personalities. And if she has unanswered questions, well, really, there's no better person to get it from than her mother directly. So if it would help her going forward, you know, as she kind of um, goes through the challenges in life and, you know, maybe having her own family down the line, I certainly would um, have a meeting and find out whatever questions I have, you know, as to why she did it. And not that there is, you know, any excuse really for that if contact wasn't maintained with her own natural mother. There, um, there may have been reasons, there may have been reasons for that, Valerie. Yeah, and, yeah and that's right. She, and, I mean, she says the way she tells the story, you know, her father was left with the, with the children. We don't know what their marriage was like. We don't know right. the truth of the and situation. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So that's why I'm saying if it was me personally, um, you know, when somebody's dead and gone, there's no going back. You can't revisit that. It's done, you know. Mm. So if it was me personally, I would actually take that opportunity to go 
and sit down and find out whatever it is, any questions that I have that I need answering because she's the only person that can give those answers. And what about if she hears things that she doesn't want to hear? There's no putting that back in the bag then? There isn't. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, she's her father seemed it appears like he stepped up to the plate and he raised her well. And his new partner at the time, a few years later, you know, raised her well and educated her so she can make an, a, you know, an informed decision based on that. You know, I mean, I'm assuming her loyalty, to be honest, would be to him because, you know, she has spent her life um, in family home with with him as a father. And it sounds like he was a good father at that. So. You know, as I said, you know, it's too late when a person has passed on. You're not yeah. going to get answers directly from that person. And, you know, you can't necessarily believe what somebody else will tell you. So me personally, I would actually go and um, have that meeting. If you ever hear from people that have been adopted, you know, or yes. even that have gone through the state, you know, those mother and homes um, in Ireland there in the past, the one thing they always wanted to find out their history, their pedigree, who their parents were. And, you know, everything about their childhood. Well, she has an opportunity to do this now. And I think she will actually regret it if she doesn't. But as a, a as a child, maybe who was adopted, and I, I have a couple of friends who I've talked to about this, because mm. on the one hand, I've, I've one or two who have absolutely no interest in knowing mm. uh, their birth history, their birth parents. They don't want to know, as far as they're mm. concerned, the family that raised them are their family, and that's where it ends. Others then mm. want to know. They need, they feel, don't feel whole. They feel as though a part of them is missing, and it's never put in place until they do go and, and, and make those efforts to try and and track down their birth families. But there's always, I suppose, if you're adopted, this sense of the the circum you don't know the circumstances and until you do or unless you do, you don't know the circumstances of your birth. You don't know why you were, in inverted commas, given up. Mm. Whereas in this instance Valerie, this listener, she knows she was abandoned. She knows that her mother made a choice or a decision to leave. But she all did she also say in the letter though that there are some questions she'd like answers. She did, but she's also yeah. not sure she also clearly is not sure that she should go asking them. Mm. You know, as I said, it's it's kind of it, it depends on the type of personality you have. Some people can draw a line under circumstances and just move on from it and not revisit it again, put that in a box. But there's another type of personality they're more inquisitive by nature. And they might have abandonment issues, do you know what I mean, that can really affect you through life. You might need a bit of counselling or whatever. I mean, maybe it might be a bad idea if she had a session with a counsellor, get advice on it, Um, you know, or if somebody that she has, um, you know, values their opinion, maybe she might get advice on those. But personally speaking, if I have questions I need answered, I certainly would be seeing my mother before she passes on. She's and, going to give her the answers she wants. And it's certain, we certainly are getting the impression that uh, this uh, woman feels that she does, maybe doesn't have an awful lot of time left or she's fearful of that. Robbie, where, where do you stand on this? Should bygones be left as bygones? She didn't want to be a part of your life, so why should you go barreling in now demanding the answers to, to questions you may have? Leave it alone. Yeah, I get where you go, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say barreling in, but I mean... She certainly has questions that she wants to ask the woman, and she did leave them and left her father. But I, I, mean, I mean, she is asking herself that question, and so I think it is in the back of her mind that she wants to go see her and get the answer to those questions, you know. And I don't think she needs to go see counsellors or ask anybody. I think it's up to herself, and it's in her own head. She has to make that decision herself. 
do I go see her or do I not? And it, it really is that simple, you know, because I think in a way she has already made up her mind and she wants to go because she wouldn't be writing this email mm. and the thoughts wouldn't be in her head if she didn't want to somewhere along the line, you know? What happens if she gets short shrift though, Robbie? I mean, would that nearly well, just add insult to injury if she goes and tries no, to make I, the approach and she, you know, she, she's, she seems to be involved somewhere uh, as she heard this information, she says, through a relative. So obviously there's some relative somewhere that she's still in touch with. Should she be sounding it out? Yeah, I mean, look, if she goes and she finds that she is the wicked witch of the West, you know, then she'll go, right, okay, I get it now, you know. Or if she goes and has a good adult conversation with a woman, and then she can probably let her rest in peace then, you know. But um, there's, there's only one way to find out, and it's to go and confront her and say, why, like, and ask her whatever the question she has there. Because you, she doesn't want to be there in five years' time and find out that she passed away. And say, Jesus, I wish I did actually go and say something to her. You do you know? think? Do you think, Robbie? People should kind of trust their gush when it comes to this thing. They have an instinct. They are reading between the lines, and you're right. Reading between the lines in the email, it, it's almost like she just wants someone to say, "Yeah, go and ask yeah, those do questions." Yeah. Do you trust yeah, your so instincts in that? Yeah. So what I'm saying for yes, trust your instincts and go and ask the questions and confront her. If it turns out that it's an absolute horror show, then she'll know that she was with the right. Um, and she is with a right man and woman, the woman who raised her with mm. her father, you know. But at least she'll know what kind of person that the woman sitting in front of her was, you know, because if she completely fobs her off and say, I don't want to talk to you, then she'll know that she's she's only her, her mother by, by birth, you know, that that's it. She, if she finds that the woman was there and she explains that she fell in love with somebody else and fell in love with her father, that's fair enough. But why, why did she walk away on them and not really keep them in their life? And I think that's more the question that she needs the answer to, you know? Valerie, do you go? Do you ascribe to that, as Robbie said there as well? Go with your I gut, kind of go agree. with your instincts. I kind of agree with what everything he has said there, but there's one thing that is crossing my mind as I'm listening to the conversation. I'm wondering, is she herself feeling a disloyalty to her father if mm. she goes and sees the mother? And um, indeed, I mean, and indeed her, step, mind. And indeed her yes. stepmother, who've but done, you know, by all accounts, done a good job. Oh, definitely, but more so the father. Um, you know, because um, he was the one left behind to pick up the pieces of, I'm sure, a shattered life at the time. Mm. I mean, I don't know if she has broached this subject with her father um, to get his take on it as well. You know, there, she might be feeling a disloyalty if she if she goes and does that and it might not sit well with him. So that's a part of the letter. It hasn't kind of mentioned anything about that. No, um, and I suppose we're a little in the dark on that. And I suppose... And that, yeah, that's a very important factor, really. If she hasn't discussed it with him, and I was in her circumstances, I would go to my father, you know, first, and I would say, look, she's passing, she's dying or whatever, and she hasn't long to live, and I'd like to meet her to just for my own sake to, you know, and have her answer a few questions, get he's taken it and see if he amenable to that. Absolutely, and chances are, Valerie, he will have been expecting this conversation at some point in time as well, especially as, they, uh, as, as he knows his ex-wife gets older. Where do you stand on this? Do you think that this listener should get in touch, should reach out, reach out that olive branch to the woman who she says abandoned her or she says at least she was told abandoned her um, or, or should she just leave it be? Let us know what you think. Very split on this listener dilemma today on the WhatsApp line. A number of people saying leave it be if she hasn't come looking for you over the years, if she hasn't sent you a birthday card or a Christmas card, she doesn't deserve you to be thinking about her now that she's ill. Others then saying, look, this is part 
of your heart. If you've unanswered questions, you need to go and do this because you're going to run out of time. Uh, Amy joins us now on the Nile Boylan Show. Amy, this uh, listener dilemma strikes a chord with you. Yeah, very. Um, my situation is where my parents were very much together up until, we'll say, the last five years before my dad recently passed away. And I never had a relationship with my mother. She just, she doesn't deserve that accolade, to be honest. But I was very close to my dad, so I thought. Um, An incident happened within the family home. And of course, as per usual, I stood up to defend this woman. And stuff had got back to my dad, you know, that I'd said things that I hadn't said. And there was witnesses there, but he just saw different. I, I just was very shocked. So I pulled myself away from the whole family situation and just took care of my own. Um, then I got a phone call to say that he was sick. And I was pretty much, well, what do you want me to do? Mm. And it was a case, well, if that's how you want it to be on your conscience, so be it. I'm like, oh, no, my conscience is completely clear. We all have very short memories. This girl has very strong memory. Her mother left her, abandoned her. I asked the questions to my father and his attitude was just let it go. Sweeping things under a mat lets things fester. And I then discovered he actually was dying and I was asking questions and I was getting put down and put down and put down and put down. And then it all came out, the truth came out on his deathbed. What could he do? It was too late. It was too late. And when he died, it it all kicked off in the hospital. What was said to me, I was literally point blank attacked, but yet I was still expected to be the dutiful daughter and walk behind that hearse and whatnot. And everybody and the town knew what was going on. And they were actually heartbroken for me, but yet they're still very close to my family. Mm. I think this girl just needs to, to run away and stay away because it will end up in heartbreak for her. It did for me because when everything then finally, the dust did finally settle, it rose its ugly head again that I ended up trying to commit suicide, leaving behind my own little kiddies and my husband. Now, I originally didn't want to go see him and it was my poor husband. It was like, you know, you really do need to see him. And now I went in with this, what this girl will probably do, all hell blazes and what questions and what answers. And what the sight that I was greeted to was, I will never forget. He wasn't the man I remembered. And it broke my heart. But after he died, I did get a couple of moments with him. And I told him as much as I loved him, I also hated him. And that I would never forgive him for what he has left me and my little immediate family to deal with. And that would be my biggest fear with this girl, that she would say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to get answers. She's not going to like what she's going to hear. And it could all turn out pear-shaped for her. Do you now regret, Amy, that you did go and see your dad? Oh, big time. I never wanted to. Never wanted to. And it was so uncanny that when I did go see him, one of my siblings was there and they nearly died when they seen me walking through the door. And he wasn't responsive. But as soon as he heard my voice, his eyes opened. 
he was refusing fluids, he was refusing everything. But yet when I got up and tried to assist, he was fine with me helping him. As I turned and said, I'm not here to spoon feed you. You're going to do it yourself. And I think that was just me that because of the fright that I had got. And I had done my bit and it was like, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, no, I don't think you will. And I had to look to my sibling to get that permission to be going in and out of the hospital for that week or so. Do you and think? Do you think your Do you think your father having that response when you walked into the hospital room, having been non-responsive and 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 not taking fluids, do you think he was waiting for you? Um, a lot of people have said that that was his way of apologising, but it, it, it's just it was too late because, as I said, a lot of damage I had fingers pointed. I had other family members attack me, telling me to keep my mouth politely closed. And my attitude to all of them was, do you know what, you're all going to eventually hear the truth. And when you do, your apologies and whatnot will mean nothing to me. Mean not a single thing to me. Have you, it, have you now subsequently, Amy, have you sought counselling? Have you... Oh, I had been in counselling anyway because I suffer with my nerves. So I just, this was just the icing on the cake and I just literally, you know, exploded. Now, don't get me wrong, I would never blame my poor husband for what he did. He thought he was doing the right thing. And, you know, yeah, I could say maybe 10%, I got that little bit, yeah, I've seen you, and I've had to see, got to say what I needed to say to you. But there's no love lost. No love lost when it comes to them. It's like, even if I want to go out to, to the hometown where I'm from, if I even see a member of my family, I shake and I hide because that's what they did to me. And Amy, in our listeners' conundrum, reading between the lines, there's something in her that, that you almost think she wants to reach out to the birth mother. She does, but I think she's wrong. I just think it's going to end up in tears for her, to be honest. She's going to hear a lot. Of, she really, unless she has herself mentally prepared to, to deal with a lot of crap, she shouldn't go. And, you know, even though I was mentally prepared because I then had found out that he had found out the truth, it was like, what, what use is it now? Because it is no use. Yeah. Nothing, it can't be changed. Maybe then, I, maybe then, I, Amy, the, the thing for her to do is to seek that counselling and get her through to make that decision so that, that she knows decision. one way or and the I, other. You know what, but I just think, you know, there's going to be tears no matter what decision she makes mm. at the end of it. Okay. Damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. Damn Amy, she doesn't. thank so, you very much for yeah, joining us no and sharing your very raw, I can hear in you still, story on the Nile Boylan Show today. Tom is uh, joining us now on the Nile Boylan Show. Tom, um, like Amy, you have first-hand experience of a, a similar enough situation. Tell us about it. Hi, Tara. How are you getting on? Yes, uh, listen, thanks for having me on the show. And um, again, I would have, uh, my parents would have split up when I was five. My mother left home. Uh, I'm talking back if this was in the 70s, uh, so the early 70s. And uh, me and my siblings were raised by my father. Mm. Um, again, the, when a child loses a parent, it does have, a, we'll call it a developmental effect on us. 
And I found that my mother leaving, as a again as a five year old, had a quite a, pro, a profound effect on me. In that, you know, uh, normal things to normal people wouldn't, you know, it, you know, they, it, you, they, people wouldn't understand it. Um, I think one of the things that might give context to it, like kids always joke, and I always remember something in my school years where somebody had said, "Oh, you've a face a mother wouldn't love," and and no. that. Type of that type of statement really dug deep, and I said, "Yeah, do you know what? You're right." So, it, it there are massive questions for 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 any child uh, or adult who who has endured kind of we'll call it the breakup of a marriage. Now, look, unfortunately, breakup of marriages are are, are so kind of commonplace and becoming more common these days. So what I would say, just listening to your show, and I know you probably have some questions, but listening to your show, what I would say to your listener, my my initial advice would be that she would need really to kind of get some proper help to find out exactly what she's looking for from Mm -hmm. this meeting with her mother. And then with professional help, give her the kind of tools to kind of make that step forward and encounter whatever she has to encounter so that she's being supported in, in, a, in a, we'll call it, in a proper manner. So that like your previous listener uh, had, had kind of contributed, it didn't have that adverse effect yes. on it. Yeah. Tom, do you remember your mother as a five-year-old? Oh, do you remember do. the circumstances of her leaving? Do you remember a traumatic event where one day she was there and the next she was gone? Now, I mean, feel free to share as much or as little of oh, your yeah, no, story no. as you want. No, what I say to her is, look, I, 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 I kind of done a lot of work on this over the years myself. Um, so I actually remember the night my mother left. I remember I, I remember getting a kiss in the cheek goodnight and, you know, one day she was there and the next day she was gone. Um I spoke, my father passed, many, uh, my, my father passed a, lo- a long time ago as well now at this stage and, you know, he never had said a bad word against my mother and I actually met my mother when I was 40, or sorry, when I was 35 for okay. a couple, uh, and I had contact for a number of years and she never said a bad word against my father. But I understand that, you know, their relationship was quite traumatic between themselves and like one of the things I had said when I kind of texted into your text line is that, listen, you know, um, parents uh, and even today, parents will always try to be the best that they can be on their day. It's an inherent kind of thing that we as parents have. But, you know, the, the choices parents make can have profound effects. Yeah, absolutely. And when you did uh, meet your mother again and reconcile with her at the age of 35, I mean, Surely you ask questions. Did you ask questions of your father? Where is she gone? Why is she gone? Why don't I see her anymore? Did she send you birthday cards or Christmas presents or was it just no contact? Again, it was no contact at the time. And subsequently, my mother had said she had tried to make contact. Um, again, when I met my mother, my father had passed. So it's very difficult to kind of, we'll call it, get what's the, the contextually, what's the true story. The only truism in the whole event is that, you know, the relationship broke up for whatever reason. And that, um, that the, the effect on me as a, as a small child and a young adult and then in later years as an adult mm-hmm. uh, took place. So. You know, really, you, you, what what the the, the the kind of we call it the correct questions that need to be asked 
for your your listener is, you know, what are you looking for today, and how do you and and how do you find that, and, and how do you, you find that in a safe way? You sound, Tom, to be quite strong. You you have some strength in this and, and in this life you've lived and the journey you've had. Uh, Whereas, to be fair, Amy, this is quite raw for her. But is do you believe the difference is that you've had um, assistance and support through counselling? A hundred percent. And again, what I would say is, my you talk about strength, but I never felt that strength until my mid twenties. And again, it was only when I actually, as a as a young adult, decided, you know what? No, I, I I really need to kind of get the answers to what's going on here because I'm a father myself, and you know, I I really need to find out what what's going on with me. So I actually went. I did personal development, and I did uh, I did uh, counselling, and I actually went on and I did some counselling training, and in in that context. So you know, I I understand. The, I, I do have a strength that helps me to kind of recognize that, you know, I was a child and I was in this environment and, you know, it's 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 very different to the environment that other children were in. And look, that's inherent. Human beings inherently have a have a desire to to grow and ask questions. And, you know, but you need the support and you need the strength around you. Um, and that's where even talking to other family members, my siblings, you know, again, were as affected as I was. However, their perception on their reality was completely different to my reality, mm. okay? And again, boys and girls are different anyway. But, you know, that the, what I would say to you is we all have our own uh, questions we need asked. And it, the, the best way to ask those questions is in a manner that's not going to cause you further harm. Stay with me, Tom. I want to bring James in. James, again, like Tom and Amy, you've had a personal experience of this type of situation. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I was abandoned um, when I was three, three years of age. Well, just, just coming to my third birthday, I was abandoned by, by the family, completely by my mother and father. Okay, and where where did you where were you raised then by another family well, member I, or? Well, I I ended up I ended up in Goldbridge, um, and then I was taken out of Goldbridge uh, when I was about five and taken to England uh, where I was uh, fostered okay. by a lovely couple. Um, and well, what happened was um, for years I always beated my own self up because I didn't know what was going on, uh, what had happened, why it had happened, and there was no answers from anyone because I'd lost contact with my the rest of my siblings. And in fact, um, it was um, just um, the year, two years after my mother abandoned us, uh, that two of my brothers drowned in an accident. They were in a different home. Oh my God. Um, uh, anyway, I, I eventually uh, decided uh, when it was coming up to the 40th year of the anniversary, um, of my mother abandoning because she abandoned us on the same day. It's it's it's, it's all crazy because everything uh, revolves around the 9th of uh, July because it was on the 9th of July that we were abandoned. On the 9th of July, my eldest brother was born, and on the 9th of July, my two brothers uh, drowned. So it's quite a it's quite a horrific story. But and anyway, an awful lot of yeah. trauma for you to absorb and live with as a little boy. Absolutely. And then this is where the 9th of July continues on, because it was on the 9th of July um, in 
2013, I think it was, uh, that I actually decided that I was going to go to visit my mother. I found out where she lived. I'd hired uh, detectives, private detectives Mm -hmm. in the UK. I knew she was based in the UK. Mm -hmm. And I went for answers and, um, well, I didn't get the answers. Uh, I didn't get the answers that I wanted. It was blaming everybody else. And what sickened me even more was that uh, she had gone on to have another child, a daughter. And uh, there was photographs all over the house of her daughter, and one of any of us children, uh, not even the two that that had drowned. Uh, and I thought that was. But my my um, my reason for coming on is that I'm glad, you know, I'm happy that I did go and find her and found out what the reality was because she died shortly after that. And had I not gone, I would have never known exactly her type of mindset or or what kind of a person she was and I would have always thought that maybe something had happened to her that was tragic that made her want to to give us up Mm -hmm. and later in life uh, you know I started to blame myself because I had my own children and when my my first um, my first uh, um, young baby he had he was very bad with colic and I thought to myself then this is the reason because I could have been because she'd had seven children ahead of me and they stayed together as a family unit. And then all of a sudden I came along, and within like a year or so, year and a half, um, the whole family broke down. And so I started blaming myself even more in my adult. Uh, okay, because you thought it was something to do with you and your arrival. Why, if it had worked with seven children before, why did it suddenly fall apart when you when you arrived? Is that what, yeah, that was your thought well, pattern as a little child? Yeah, yeah. And so when I went to uh, to actually visit her, um, you know, as I said, I asked questions um, and the answers were just blaming somebody else, uh, blaming somebody else. And um, and I just told her then um, when I actually met her, she was she was after, she was after being with a friend who was grieving a bereavement. And I just told her, reminded her, I said, well, the next time you'll remember this day because this is the day your own two boys died and so grieved for them a little and I walked out the door and um, never never spoke to her went again. Back again so you didn't get the you didn't get the answers to your questions which obviously must have been very difficult James but yet mm-hmm. that all that said you're glad that you actually did make the decision to find her and to, to speak to her yeah, this is this is yeah, this is it. And what and what it is is that like for for, for that for that lady in question, there's probably going to be upset upset no matter what way uh, she chooses to go. But it's better to know uh, some kind of truth than, than than live the rest of your life not not and it's too late to get the answers. You know, once the person passes away. Yeah, you, you can't get any. It's too late. So, Tom and uh, James, I want to bring Tom back in, James, just for a moment. You're you're both seemingly at idem on this that 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 do it, um, but that I know, Tom, you were saying very strongly, seek support before you make the decision. But but you know, reaching out is maybe not the worst thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. But again, I I think that the the, the actual process to find out if reaching out is the right thing to do, is where the professional help comes in. And that might be that, the, like, your, your, your listener might actually get those answers through counselling alone and may not need or may not feel the need to seek further after that. 
Uh, uh, sorry, I'm going to, I want to ask you because you, you, you told us that you, after going through counselling and therapy yourself, you then engaged and actually, uh, you know, trained in that area yourself. How important are answers? How important do you, do you need to have the answer? Why did you leave? What happened? Why? I mean, James said he didn't get any of the answers. He just felt that his birth mother was trying to apportion blame elsewhere, that he wasn't satisfied maybe with the answers that he, that he got. But that just actually making contact was sort of nearly answer enough. How important is it that you have answers or can you learn to live with and deal with the outcome, whether you get the answers or whether you don't? I, I think it's a very good question. Um, and, and I think, Tara, that um, by going through a counselling process is is therapeutic in itself in that it will support the, the person uh, who's asking the questions, whether the answers are there, the answers may never be there. And it's like your your your, your listener there, James, said, and, and again, you know, uh, a wonderful man for sharing his story. Like, but yeah. no, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely important that whether you get the answer or whether you don't get the answer are factors outside your control. Okay. Is in your control is to be able to support yourself after the, what you've been through. so that you're not going to be putting yourself in further harm. Okay. Um, Tom, also to you and to James and to Amy, thank you so much for coming on the programme and sharing and trusting us with your own personal stories. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.